You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. On 1116 SEM, the award-winning crunch time for Honda's 2017 run-out. Brendan Bolton, the Carlton coach, will be our guest reflecting on last night. But at the MCG this afternoon, Melbourne will look to break what is quite an extraordinary hoodoo, which now dates back to 2006 against North Melbourne. It's already been a significant week for the Demons as they pledge to rid themselves of pokies revenue. I think they might have misrepresentation on the competition committee as well. Peter Jackson, the chief executive of the Demons. Peter, welcome to Crunch Time. Thanks, Jared. How did you miss a spot on the competition committee? Oh, I don't know. You ask the people that uh, uh, decided the names. Um, we we all clubs. peeved? Oh, I don't get peeved about those things. I mean, the most important thing is that that committee has some teeth and gets listened to, and it's just not a consultative process that's there to make it look all right. As long as it, as long as it has some influence, that's fine. Okay, you're optimistic I mean, there's a lot of good. It? There's a lot of good football people uh, around that could go on it. For everyone that's on it, there's probably another two that could easily be on it. So you can't pick everybody. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Are you optimistic about them? About it? Uh, give them the benefit of the doubt to start with and hope it, <laughs> hope it works out the way uh, it's being talked about, yeah. That Do doesn't you... sound very optimistic <laughs> to me. Do you sense uh, a willingness for change at head office? Is that part of this, do you think? A change in what sense? Uh, probably in the broad setup of the competition, maybe to be a bit more imaginative, a bit bolder, maybe modernise the competition. Well, I guess it depends what all those words mean, Jared. I mean, I'm a bit of a traditionalist. I mean, I, I, I think we have a great, unique game. Uh, that's not played anywhere else in the world, obviously, but it's got some really unique characteristics to it. And I think we get worried too much about little things. I think head office does a little bit, you know, bouncing the ball and, you know, runners and things like that. And we spend our time talking about all that sort of stuff. But we have such a unique game. Why don't we promote the uniqueness of it all and and understand what it is? I, I would hate, for example, to lose the bounce of the ball, but not that that's got anything to do with the committee. I understand that. But I'm just... Uh, making the point. I just don't think you want to mess around with it too much. So it depends what you mean when you say modernise and things like that. Yeah, it's just a, sort of the vibe, I reckon. Yeah, I'm not a traditionalist for the sake of it. I don't want, I'm, you know, I, I think all through my career in football I've demonstrated that we change things up and change things around and innovate. I'm, I'm all for that. But I just think this game is so unique that we should be building it on the unique parts of the game rather than trying to, I don't know, sterilise it or, or make it too many rules and regulations about how you do it. Uh, are there specific things that don't get enough love or promotion of the unique aspect of the game? Uh, no, I think we worry too much about what goes wrong. Uh, and I think I think the game... Well, I don't think the game. I know the game's built around chaos. It's a chaotic game, and, and it's probably one of the only sports, if there's another one, I don't know what it is, where rules are open to interpretation. They're not definitive. So you get three umpires out on the ground and they've got to interpret a situation. It's not such a definitive thing as offside or 
whatever else other sports play. And, and so you get all that interpretation, you get that chaos, you've got a crazy ball bouncing all over the place. It's just chaos. That's part of what makes it so exciting. You can't legislate to, to take that out of the game, I don't think. You're taking pokies out of the club. Yeah. Is How much of that is the acknowledgement that it's not the right thing for footy clubs now, given the societal impact of Oh, it's, it's both things, Jared. I mean, it's not that is absolutely an issue, and we've had a very uh, positive response from people over that. Um, you know, footy clubs are owned by the community. You know, supporters are, are just members of the community decide to support us and put their money into the club. So we've got to be aware of what community sentiment is, absolutely. And, and the AFL generally is pretty good at that. But it's also it was a business analysis. I mean, we looked at um, we started this process 18 months ago of looking where we were and where, where we were in gaming and asked ourselves whether it's something we wanted to be in as much as, as a business issue. And um, we thought not because uh, I think the, this footy club's got a, a great uh, opportunity over the next five to 25 years uh, to set itself up, which it's never had before as a football club. Uh, and I mean by that. We're heading, hopefully, to a pretty good football team over the next few years, but we've also got some good capital assets that will be, allow us to invest and, and reshape what the football club looks like, and which I think will then allow the club to stand alone for, as an independent organisation for you know the next 25 years or so, which it really hasn't it hasn't been for, probably since it walked away from the MCC, is what I understand. So, you know, I think there's those opportunities. And if you look at gaming, I think it's, 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 it's going to be a tough industry. I think it's an industry football clubs should be distracted into. We, our core business is winning games of footy out here, and we don't want our management resources, our executive, um, you know, effort diluted in that sort of business. I don't think we're very good at it, so let's get out of it and do what we're good at. Do you think other clubs are going to... So now North Melbourne and Melbourne, do you think other clubs will, under the almost the, the encouragement of the chairman of the AFL, will, will get themselves out of pokies in the short term? Uh, I don't know. I can't speak for them, and it wouldn't be appropriate for me to even suggest to offer advice. I'll never do that. But, I I mean, one, one way I express it is we're... we're see, Melbourne's in a, in a commercial evolution at the moment and, and we're not anywhere near our peak commercially. So we actually can make this decision. People ask us, well, you know, it's $2 million of net revenue a year. How are you going to replace that? Well, I think it's easy. I think over the next three or four years that will be easy. And one of the reasons is the opportunity and one of the reasons, the capital opportunity I talked about. And the other one is because we haven't really touched the edge a bit about growing this club commercially off its football so we're, we're still sort of immature, if I can put it that way, commercially, whereas some other clubs are at their peak commercially. And so if you want to take three or four million dollars out of that P&L account, it, it ironically might be a lot harder for them. And the thing everyone's got to respect is that directors, boards have got to you know, maintain the financial sustainability of their footy club for their members. That's what their role in life is. So it's not going to be as easy for some clubs just to make a, you know, a decision based on community sentiment, I don't think. What's been the wash-up with the, the pre-season camp? I know it's been spoken about a lot, but now Adelaide as well in the same conversation. Have Just you, what you needed ha, to keep the story have you, going. Have you cast your eye across their issues that they've had? And um, Not really. What, no, what, no, are the, no. what are the learnings out of it? Well, to be honest, the only thing we we talk about is responding to questions like this, and I don't mean to be, you know, flippant or rude about that, but we, we sorted it out in our own minds. But it's gonna it's going to keep coming up if yeah. your form, even last week, if, if, say just say if Brisbane had have lost that game, it's going to keep coming up because the, the 
the link to the mental fragility, I guess, of the group is going yeah, to Yeah, look, I, I don't think anything that happened last week was related to mental fragility, related to a, you know, a, a, a mm. special ops But camp. you understand it would come up? Oh, I, I understand the question will get asked, but I don't agree in any sense that there's a link. I mean, this footy team is a hard football team. There's no doubt about that. You know, we, we saw that and we dropped off for a quarter against Geelong and we dropped off for a quarter... Over, over a period of time against uh, Brisbane and, and club. Yeah, these these teams aren't... They're pretty good football teams. They've got some damn good players, and I think Brisbane's going to end up, on reflection at the end of the year, being a lot better football team than what people might have given credit to, to at the beginning of the year. They've got some damn good players there, and you take your eye off, off that for a game, yeah, and we've got a very young list still, and I don't think it's got anything to do with the physicality. or the, we, We've got a very hard footy team. We're going to play very hard, competitive, contested footy, and that's that's what their trademark is, and they'll keep doing that. They'll do it for longer in a game, and I just we just don't think it's an issue. Are there tensions with the Players Association? Is that part real? No. Well, we all think we could have handled it a little bit differently at the time, but that time was five months ago, Jared. I mean, you know, we, we move on. No. We, we, we all agree we might have done a little bit differently at that time. The players do, the leadership group does, PA might, we do. So, yeah, we did, we learn, you move on. But it's not an issue within the footy club. Peter Jackson's the Chief Executive of Melbourne. Bob Murphy. Last week, the win against Brisbane, although the boys got the wobbles a little bit late, but you went in as favourites. You go in as hot favourites again today. Have you got a sense of the playing group that the going in with that pressure on as the you know need to win is that is that sitting more comfortably on the shoulders of the players do you think uh yeah look i think there was a a clear correlation over the last two years that we played better against teams we weren't expected to beat and didn't play well against teams that we started favor that that correlation exists that's just reality now why that happens and you know there's a lot of people have different opinions about it but um I do think it sits better. I think that it's all called maturity, Bob. I think that's what they're doing. I mean, you know, we all forget what we were like and maybe even past footballers forget what they were like when they were 17, 18, 20, those sort of things. And, you know, it takes time to mature in every aspect of the game, physically, mentally, the whole lot. And we're going through that process and I think we're getting there. One Um, of you... Yeah, sorry, sorry to cut you off, Peter. Uh, One of your young leaders who's not with you on the field at the moment, Jack Viney, I'm intrigued as to how he's handling his responsibilities as a leader without without being to impose himself on the, on the field. He seems like a, a lead-by-example kind yeah. of leader without knowing him too well. How's he coping off the field? I, I reckon that's a, a very good observation, uh, Bob. And while, whilst we would prefer him to be out there, absolutely, I think what's happening at the moment is great for his personal development as a leader because he's having to lead from a different... Uh, dimension to what he had would normally do which is get out there and crash and bang and show the way and uh, so yeah he's around the place and he's having a lot more influence a lot more conversations with players and a whole range of players now because he's got the time to do it and I think he's I think it'll stand him in good stead although I wish he was playing would he have any uh, any spare time any extra conversations with his old mate Ollie Wines to see if he might want to come up <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh, that'd be nice to have Ollie but I'm sure he, I'm sure he's you know emotionally deeply ensconced in the Port Adelaide Footy Club. So, Have you got any room at the end to be aggressive again? Obviously, you, you went for, for Lever successfully. Oh, yeah, we got we got room to do what, what you know, to, to grab a free agent type player, um, absolutely. But, you know, what we've got to do is not look at just the 2019 season and whether you can do that. We've got to look at where we might be in 2022. So if, we, if we've got the talent that we think we have and, and we want to keep them together, we've got to look after them all. So it's going to be it's a longer-term 
look than just what can you do next year. It has to, you know, the ramifications for two or three years beyond that, we have to understand that as well. What's Simon Goodwin's biggest challenge at the moment as coach? Oh, I don't know. I haven't, yeah, um, I haven't thought that one through. I don't, I don't think it in that sort of context. I think he's got a, one of his great strengths is his relationships with his players and he's built, spent a lot of time over the last two years doing that and it was good reading Clayton Oliver's article today about that sort of thing. I mean, that's what Simon invests very, very heavily in is those relationships. So I think if he's, if he's got very strong relationships with the players and anything that happens, whether it's feedback, selection, camps or whatever else, it can always stand that, that test. And uh, so I think his challenge, I, I guess if his challenge is to um, is keep doing those things even when the pressure comes on and not just try and work harder but keep doing what he's doing at the moment. Peter, good to see you. Good luck this afternoon. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.